Hey, how are you doing? My name is Dean Dwyer, and you are listening to Unrecognizable. It's a show dedicated to teaching successful body habits to late bloomers, people like me who are older and have not yet had the success they desire, but are relentless in their pursuit to finally figure it out. So how the heck are you, my friend? How'd you like my new introduction, by the way? Uh, I continue to work and tweak. This is episode number 13. I'm always, uh, again, this is sort of grow as I go. So always sort of trying different things to, uh, you know, to eventually get to a point where I am really happy with the the format and the process that I've created for myself. Anyhow, uh, today's show, I'm excited about today's show. Actually, I'm excited for every show. Um, but today's show is called The Habit ladder. Now that's a Dean DeWire original term, at least as far as I know. Uh, it's a concept that I created for myself to help me master habit building. And the tagline for today's show is an intelligent eight-step approach to creating long-term habit success. Now, if you have been following me for a while now, when, when I talk about long-term habits, I have I've created my own language for myself around this, this process. I call those eternal habits, right? That ultimately what I'm looking to do in my life is to invest. Yes, I am a behavior or habit investor. I invest in what I call essential habits, right? I'm not looking to do a million different things. I'm only looking to do a handful of things a million times. So I'm looking at the things that move the needle the most. So I invest in a few essential habits. And I teach myself how to show up and do those every single day until I'm not even thinking about them anymore. And the idea is I do them for a lifetime, right? So for me, the magic number is a year. Once I get to a year, I have found that, I, that I'm pretty dialed in. Now, again, you can break a habit at any point. People sort of think that uh, just because you've got a set number of days in doesn't, you know, that the habit is going to last forever you can break a habit in an instant. So I recognize that now because I've certainly done that in other areas of my life in the past. But um, I am, uh, the year is the magic mark. So anyway, what I wanted to do is I wanted to use today's show uh, as a, and, and talk about this idea of a habit ladder by using a case study for for me, actually, something that I'm presently doing right now. By the way, uh, unrelated to the show, um, I use Substack to produce my podcast now, and they have an app within the Substack uh, app itself for me to record the podcast. So I'm actually using that today as a way to uh, record the show. There is a pro and a con. The pro is that it will eliminate a few steps for me. So this is always about, and this is what I also apply the same thing with habits. It's always about re removing resistance. The reason we stop doing things is because there's too much resistance. So I am always looking to make things simpler. So this removes a number of steps uh, so that I can get the podcast out quicker, which I love. The downside right now is, as far as I can tell, there's no way for me to edit the show, meaning... Uh, if I make any mistakes or if there's pauses at the beginning or pauses at the end of the show, I can't actually change them. But now that I say that, that could be a pro too, that again, I just have to be okay with the fact that I do the best I can and and forget the rest. Uh, Tony, Tony Horton 
a wonderful fitness guru out there, he has this phrase, do your best, forget the, forget the rest, right? So do the best they can with the show and then forget about it and move on to the next one. So anyhow, uh, so what I'm going to do today is I'm going to share with you a case study about how I use the habit ladder to teach myself essential habits that will ultimately turn into eternal habits. So one of the things that, um, or sorry, the case study that I want to share with you today that I'm presently doing, I'm doing this right now in my life, is I am teaching myself how to get up earlier. So I'll give you a little bit of backstory with this, right? So years and years ago, I used to get up, I used to get up really early. And then probably about four years ago, I started having sleep issues. And then my sleep was all over the place. At one point, like I'd, I'd go to bed around 11, I'd wake up at one, I couldn't fall back asleep till four or five, kind of mess with my head for a while. And, and because I wasn't falling back asleep till four or five, I wasn't waking up until, you know, I just would wake up whenever I would wake up, which might be nine or nine thirty. Anyway, my sleep was all over the place in terms of, you know, when I was getting up. And it has been, I, it, it continues to sort of, you know, I've been logging my sleep, sorry, been logging when I get up um, since August 23rd of 2020. So I can go back through my spreadsheet and I can see exactly, you know, what time I got up every single day. And the times are all over the place. You know, there were times that, again, I may have got up at 1030 because I, again, didn't fall asleep till five or six in the morning. There's other times I got up at 6 or 7.30, but it's all over the place. And I realize that's problematic because my approach with habit building and the way I think about myself is I really think of my brain and my body as an untrained dog. And I was using this analogy with uh, uh, someone I'm working with right now. And I was saying, you know, a great metaphor is when you is, is um, to think about your brain and your body is somebody who owns a dog, an untrained dog. If you've ever seen an owner with an untrained dog, it's literally, they are hanging on for their life, right? To me, that is what a brain and body uh, that is not trained is like, like we, like the behaviors control us and we are just hanging on for dear life. Fingers crossed that we do the right things, but you know, the reality is that we don't, right? Uh, and then there are people who have really well-trained dogs. And in that case, the dog does what the owner wants it to do. That's the way I think about my, my behaviors or my habits, right? I want to be in control of my body and my brain. So it does what I tell it to do. So with getting up, I've been listening to my body, and my brain. I've been getting up whenever it wants to get up. So I've decided that I want to train myself to get up at the same time every single day as soon as my alarm goes off. So what I thought I would do is I'm going to walk you through um, the approach with this that I that I am taking. It's an eight-step process that I've created for myself. Ultimately, what I'd like you to do, well, sorry, you, <laughs> you can do whatever you want, uh, but I would, my hope would be that you would listen to this and then apply the the steps to something simple. You don't you don't have to jump into anything anything overly complicated right now. I'm using it simply to train myself to get up when I say that I'm going I'm going to get up. Right? Very very simple activity, but I know that there is a profound spillover effect that comes from that. 
So as you're listening to this, I want you to think about how you might be able to use this with something, a simple habit that you can start with in your life. And the other thing that I want you to keep in mind is even though this show is about successful body habits, the reality is, I, I call this liquid intelligence, right? It's this idea that this applies to any habit in any area of your life that you want to do. So whether you're looking to increase your exercise, whether you're looking to remove refined sugars from your diet, whether you want to save more money each month, whether you want to start writing, you want to create a gratitude journal, you want to meditate, you want to start logging your foods, you want to read, there is, there's all sorts of different places in your life. You can apply this to relationships as well too. Uh, so, so the, the, what I'm going to talk to you about has applications everywhere in your life. Sorry, by the way, I got a little bit distracted because my daddy O had just, <laughs> just sent me a, just sent me a text, forgot to turn off my texts. Anyhow, so I'm going to first talk about the mistakes that we make when we are looking to build long-term habits. And I am the perfect example to talk about this because I've made all of these mistakes. But what we, the ultimate mistake that we make when we are looking to establish a habit for ourselves is we confuse end game goals with in game goals. And what I mean by that is we, we live in a world where all the solutions now are how to get to where you want to go really, really fast. And in an ideal world, that would be great, but it's not our reality. Like, again, to, to achieve hard things takes time, but nobody wants to take the time. We want it. We want everything and we want it now. And so what ends up happening is we jump, we, we use the end result as our starting point. And I'll use, I'll just use a quick example. I'll use sugar, right? Um, you, maybe you've done this, right? Right now you have a diet that, is, you know, contains refined sugars, whether, you know, whether you realize it or not. And, you know, people usually get to a point where they go, oh, you know, I'm going to take sugar out of my diet. And that lasts anywhere from about one day to 10 days. And then they ultimately don't succeed at that goal. And the reason they don't succeed at that goal is that taking sugar out of your diet completely is the end game. What we should be doing, and you have to think of this as a skill, right? You can't go from zero to 100 in one day. I'm going to go from someone who eats sugar every day in my whole life to now I'm going to never have it at all. That's just, that's not an intelligent way to tell people how to go about creating change. You have to think of it as a skill. Again, it's like, it's like learning how to play the guitar. You don't buy a guitar and expect that the next day you're going to, you know, you, you're going to be able to release your first album, right? Of original songs. You have to start and it's a step-by-step -step process, basically a habit ladder. You start at the first step, until you master that skill and then you move to the next step. That's how I approach habits. So we confuse the end game and think that that is the in-game result or the in-game measures. So, and, and that, that all boils down to, again, a lack of patience. We want the results and we want it now. The problem with that is when we take that approach is we, when we bite off way more than we can chew, there's too much resistance there. And it's that resistance that ultimately wears us down, it burns us out, and we quit. So the key to having success 
with building your habits is you're looking to remove resistance. You're looking to make things as simple as possible so that you can set a foundation and then begin to slowly build on that foundation over time. So for me right now, well, first of all, let me, why don't I do this? Because I want to jump ahead and get right into what I'm doing with my sleep. But I'll tell you the eight steps that I have created for myself in order to sort of successfully adopt and master a new behavior. So the eight steps, I'll, I'll, I'll share the eight steps and then I'll go through and I'll break them down in terms of how I, uh, what they look like with, with my getting up, you know, when I want to get up uh, program that I'm on right now. So step number one, you want to establish your why. I've talked about this before in another podcast, but we never really sit down to think about, we have to establish a why. Why are you doing what you're doing? Right. And if you don't have the right why, again, you're not going to have any success. Right. If I'm doing it for, you know, for all the wrong reasons, then I will not have long term success. So your why is really, really important. Number two is you want to speculate on what you think the outcome is going to be or the outcomes are going to be. And I'll give you some examples of that in a moment. Number three is you want to identify the end game goal. How do you know when you've succeeded? Where do you want to end up? That's really, really important. You have to know what the end game is. And number four is once you know where the end game is, then you have to figure out where, where to start. And we have to start where we're at. You know, I just used that sugar example, right? Um, if, you've, if, if sugar is sort of, if your diet is rife with sugar, starting with taking it out completely is a terrible place to start. That's not where you're at right now. So there's a, there's a measured process that you can take in order to get yourself, you know, where it is that you ultimately want to go. Number five is once you understand the end game, then you create your in-game goals. And this is the habit ladder. This, these are intervals for progress, right? You want to figure out, like, what's my first step? And then when I get, once I've achieved that and I feel confident at that step, what's the next step? Where do I go? What's the next level of success that I take myself to? And again, with the idea that each step progressively takes me closer to that end game that I'm looking to achieve. Number six, you want to create rules for success. Number seven, you must measure and track your progress. Always, 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 always. Whenever you set a habit, there has to you have to have a way to measure it and you have to track that progress. If you're not tracking it, there's no way to recognize patterns and behavior that will allow you to begin to create the kind of change you're looking to create. And then number eight is you grow as you go, which simply means that you are constantly tweaking the process as you go along. You're going to learn things. You're going to realize maybe my, my end game uh, result is, is too ambitious or not ambitious enough. Maybe my interval is too big or too small. So you're constantly tweaking as you're moving along so that you ultimately get to where you want to go. So I'm going to tell you how I did this uh, by getting up. So the, I said, I, I was looking back at my data and realized my sleep is all over the place, which I, I believe is, is problematic because I don't, again, if I'm thinking of my body and my brain like an untrained dog, then... I believe that like waking up at, you know, a variety of different times every single day is problematic in a whole bunch of areas of my life. 
I, it's problematic with my sleep. I think it's also problematic with my productivity. So I just think it wreaks havoc in many different areas of my life, which I think spills over into even more areas that I'm not even aware of. And so looking at the data and seeing that you, there was no pattern in, my, in when I was getting up each and every, every morning, I decided I'm going to train myself how to get up at a specific time every single day as soon as my alarm goes off. So I'm going to go back to my eight rules. Number one, what's my why? Why am I doing this? So the first, I have three whys. The first one is I want to train myself to keep my commitments to myself. I'm going to say that again because that's the most important reason I'm doing this. I want to teach myself to keep my commitments to myself because I've discovered that I say a million different things I'm going to do that I never do. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And, and I, I never keep my commitments to myself. And yet, when it comes to other people, I work really hard to make sure I keep my commitments to them. And yet, I am constantly breaking commitments to myself. And I realize that's hugely problematic, that I need to start saying what I mean and doing what I, what I say I'm going to do, that that's really important to, to building and enhancing my confidence, my self-worth, my self-esteem. Like I know, we all know, like when we're not keeping commitments to ourselves, we know, even though we don't, we don't openly acknowledge that and say, oh, yeah, I break commitments to myself all the time. Subconsciously, we know, and that impacts who we think that we are and how we show up in the world. So that's my first reason why. The second reason why is, again, I see my body and my brain as an untrained dog. And I'm going to train it. And I'm, I'm, I'm ultimately what I want to train it to do is to wake up at the same time every single day without an alarm. Like I, I, I hear people all the time talk about, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't have an alarm to wake myself up. I never really wondered, and, and I don't even know how they do it, but that how does that actually, how, how, how do you, like, do you just magically go to bed and say, oh, I'm going to wake up at whatever time you're going to wake up at, and you wake up at that time? I mean, it doesn't work for me. So I thought, you know what? I'm actually going to start training myself. I'm going to use an alarm. But the ultimate goal is that I will begin waking up automatically at the same time, whatever my time I set for myself, every single day. Now, that might happen three months from now. That might happen six months from now. It might take me a year, two years before that happens. Who knows? Maybe I never wake up automatically. Maybe it, I need the alarm. But that's my second why. I want to train myself to easily and always wake up at the same time every single day. And then the third thing is, the way that I'm approaching this is I want to teach myself patience. I want to use time's length to my advantage. Again, one of the things that, one of the big bugaboos in my past has been that I jump right to the end game, right? I'm, I'm an all or nothing kind of guy. I want it and I want it now, right? So for example, if I was getting up at nine o'clock, but I'm like, no, no, I want to get up at 7.30, I would the next day, I would set my alarm for 7.30. But that hour and a half change, that is a massive leap. And there's way too much resistance there because I feel the pain of like, oh man, I am missing out on an hour and a half of sleep that I would have gotten otherwise. And when you feel that kind of resistance, that will ultimately, again, it will wear you down, it will burn you out, and you'll ultimately quit. So how do I set this up 
so that I do not burn myself out and I, and I turn this into a long-term, what I call an eternal habit. So those are my whys. I had my three whys. Step number two is then speculate on the outcome. What, what do I think, what, do, what, what am I hoping is going to happen? And what, do I, what are some other things that I think might happen as a result? So in terms of what I am hoping that's going to happen is that I will, or sorry, what I speculate will happen is that I believe that by doing this, and I'm just focusing on this right now, this idea of getting up when I say I'm going to get up, but I believe that it's going to have a spillover effect into the other commitments that I want to keep for myself. And, and, and the way that I think, and again, this is all a hypothesis right now, is that I think what's going to happen is I'm going to start, rather than just say, oh yeah, I'm going to do that. It's like, oh no, okay, now let's, let's use my process here and go through and like, you know, what's my why and what do I think is going to happen? And, you know, and, and I go through my eight steps. So I'm going to be more deliberate. I'm going to be more conscious about the things that I commit myself to. So I'm not just going to be, and I can't believe I'm going to use this term, willy-nilly. <laughs> Why is that term coming up? I'm not going to be willy-nilly with what I'm committing to. I'm going to be very deliberate and very, um, well, deliberate. Yeah, I'm going to be very deliberate in terms of, uh, and, and, and careful about what I decide that I'm going to commit to. Um, the second thing that I think is going to happen, and, and again, and I'm starting to see evidence of this, but I think by having a, a time where I wake up at the same time every single day, I believe that ultimately it will improve my sleep. I think one of the reasons I've struggled with my sleep in the past is that I've basically given myself permission of like, hey, don't worry, if you can't sleep, then just whenever you do fall asleep, just wake up whenever. And so as a result, I said, I, I had went through a period where I'd go through a three or four hour window where I couldn't get back to sleep, or at least I felt like I wasn't sleeping. And then, you know, I, I was waking up at, you know, just weird times and waking up late and feeling like my day was half over before I even got started kind of thing. So I, I believe, and I'm already seeing the impact of that. I think it's going to have a positive impact on my sleep. And then the third thing is something I alluded to earlier is I think that eventually down the road, I will be waking up automatically like a minute or two or three minutes before my alarm goes off. That's, that's what I ultimately think is going to happen. And I do predict the possibility that there will be a day where I won't actually even have to set an alarm that I will just, I will wake, I will have trained myself. I will have trained my body and my brain that it will wake up at the same time every single day. So, that's 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 just, those are my that's what I'm speculating, and I I will continue to add to that as I'm going along. I, I will begin to see other areas where I'm like, oh my God, it's having an impact here, here, and here. There are I mean, there are things I, I simply don't know right now, and you know you you can't you can't know what you don't know, right? So there will be surprises that will come up, positive and negative, that I will learn on this journey. The third step is to then establish what's the end game? How, like, what's success for me? What does that look like? So it, it's already evolved. When I, when I started this, the end game was, I, wanna, I want to get myself so that I wake up at 8 o'clock every single day. I typically right now go to bed between 11 and 12. And I want to give myself at least 8 hours of sleep. Go, I'm back. My phone went dark. I wasn't sure if I was still recording. So, um... 
yeah, so the so the end game originally was eight o'clock, but then as I've gotten into this, I now have and this I'm going to jump very quickly to grow as you go, uh, which is the eighth step. But as you begin to do this, you will tweak, you know, you begin to tweak your process and, and your assumptions. I believe now 730 is is something that I want to begin working towards. So my end goal is that I want to wake up at 730 every single day. And hopefully at some point in the future, I can do that without using an alarm. Number four is you start where you're at. So it's really, really important when you're starting a habit to pick something that's going to stretch you, but it's not going to break you, right? I'll go back to the sugar example for a second. If you, if sugar is in a whole bunch of different foods that you eat every single day and you decide tomorrow, I'm going to take all sugar out. I will tell you right now that will break you. It's way too much, way too soon. You've jumped right to the top of the ladder, right? And that will crush you. So you have to start at a place which is challenging but it's not going to break you, right? So you might start with something and say, okay, you know what? For example, I'll tell you my, I've mentioned this before, because my sugar-free journey actually started about 20 years ago when I took it out of my coffee. And actually, when I took it out of my coffee, I didn't take it out all at once. And I wasn't thinking the way I think now. So I kind of, I, I was probably a little smarter back then than I give myself credit for, but I actually just, I reduced it over time. I used to put two tablespoons of sugar in my coffee. And then I, I cut it down to one and then I went to zero. And when I went to zero, I started adding more cream. And then I eventually started taking cream out to where I was drinking my coffee black. So there was an evolution with that. So, but you have to start where you're at and where you're at is different for everybody. So that's, it's really important that again, you want to set a stretch goal, but not a goal that's going to break you. Something where you know, so you know, this is doable. And again, Jumping down to step number eight, you grow as you go. If you if you overstep, then it's like, whoa, that's way too much. Then dial it back. You know, I mentioned um, one of my essential habits was walking ten thousand steps every single day. That worked really well before the pandemic because I don't have a car, so I walk everywhere that I go. So it was easy for me. Uh, not easy, but I could I could do ten thousand steps every single day. The pandemic hit. Everything closed. And suddenly 10,000 steps became a lot of work because I, I, that's, I was, I couldn't go anywhere. So I, I just had to walk 10,000 steps for the sake of walking 10,000 steps, which was too much. And there was too much resistance there. And so I had to, I had to reduce the resistance, which is, so I went from forget the 10,000 steps. The goal is let's walk a minimum of three kilometers every single day. Something to me is always better than nothing. So I, I basically cut it in, in, in half, right? So constantly looking to remove resistance. So you, again, start where you're, you're at, but you want to stretch, stretch, but don't break. Number five then is create your in-game measures. So this is sort of your interval of progress. So I'll tell you what I created for myself with this. So I thought the end game for me is 7.30. I'm looking at all the times I thought, okay, I'm going to start at 8.30 and I am going to work in five minute intervals. So, and I'm going to work in five minute intervals one week at a time. So when I, what, so when I, when I started this and I started on December 23rd, is I thought, okay, 
I'm going to set my alarm for 8.30. And the rule is as soon as my alarm goes off, I'm going to get up. Well, I'm kind of I'm jumping ahead because the rules are next. But um, it's, it's so the interval of progress for me was I decided that five minutes was 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 a was a good time interval to use that I wouldn't notice from one week to the next. I wouldn't notice five minutes. Like I'm not going to wake up and go, oh man, I just lost five minutes. Like I wasn't going to feel it. So the idea is to set an interval that you're not really going to notice. That's not going to be painful. If I jumped from 8.30 to 7.30, that hour, that difference, that would be painful. Five minutes isn't. I did the same thing when I was teaching myself how to take a cold shower. I worked in, I worked in, but I actually did it in five second intervals one week at a time. And I, I, I tend to like a week, like seven days to get used to something. So when I was doing the five minute, uh, uh, I wanted to get to three minutes in with, at, as a cold shower. I started at 15 seconds and I worked in five second intervals. So for one week, I did 15 seconds. And then the next week, I bumped it up five seconds and I went to 20 and I did it for a week so that every time I went up five, I didn't notice the five. The five was such a small jump that I didn't really notice. I didn't notice it, but it accumulated over time where I got to the point where I could do three to five minutes and I don't even think about it anymore. So it was the same thing with my sleep. I thought, use the same idea, but I'm going to move in five minute intervals. And I'm going to use seven days as, as sort of my training ground. And then number six was to establish rules for success. So here were my rules. I had to complete seven consecutive days in a row before I could move to the next level. So I started at 8.30. In order to go to 8.25, I needed to, I needed to put together seven consecutive days of waking up. As soon as my alarm went off, no snooze button that I could lie in bed for a few minutes if I wanted with my eyes open, but I needed to, I need no snooze. I would get up as soon as the alarm went off. Seven consecutive days in a row. If I didn't, then I had to start again, right? So let's say I went four days in a row and then on the fifth day I hit the snooze button, then I start again. I stay at 8.30 and then I have to get seven consecutive days before I can move to the next level. Now, I've been doing this. Today is 43 days in a row, waking up exactly when I want to wake up. I started at 8.30. Right now, I'm at 8.05. So I, I have, I have, I've actually not had a day that I have failed. And I've even set a one-year project for myself that I'm going to wake up uh, every single day when my alarm goes off, that I'm going to keep that commitment to myself. For 365 days in a row. That's my that's my one year project. So those are my rules. I must put together seven consecutive days, and if I if somehow I hit the snooze button, then I start I um, I have to start again, and I do not advance until I've done seven days in a row. Number seven is you must always measure and track your success. Anytime you're any habit, anything you're doing, you always have to have a way to measure whether or not you were successful or not that day and then track your success so that you can go back and, and, and you've got an archive of that data that you can use for whatever it is you want to use it for, right? Because I was tracking what time I got up every single day and I've been doing that since August 23rd of 2020. So let's say almost, I'm going to be slightly generous here, a year and a half. I have a year and a half of data to see that getting up, my getting up time was 
all over the map, right? So I have, but I have that evidence. If I wasn't recording that, I'd have no idea. I'd be like, I don't know. I, I think I was getting up pretty consistently, right? So having the data tells me, dude, you are all over the place with this. So here's how I measure this particular one. It's just yes or no. That's all it is. Did I get up when I said I, I when I planned to get up? Yes or no. That's all I that's all I need to record. Yes, I did. No, I didn't. And I have two ways that I track it. I actually track it in a spreadsheet, which I prefer because the spreadsheet goes back right to when I, I, I started this journey, uh, 2019. So I can see all that data in there. And there's other data that I included there as well. But I also use the Chains app because I want to um, I want to build up a consecutive streak. That's why I know that I've gone 43 days in a row getting up exactly when I said I was going to get up. So by the way, I should also say that uh, a couple of people have told me the Chains app apparently doesn't seem to be available to people in the U.S. I'm not sure why that is. That kind of boggles my mind. But it is available, at least in Canada, and I think outside the U.S. I'm not sure why it's not available. But again, the, 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 the Chains app is break is based on the Jerry Seinfeld idea. Uh, he wanted to teach himself how to write every single day, and he just put an X through the calendar. And the idea was you want to put an X through every single day. Don't break the chain. Have an X through every single day indicating that you've written a joke or two jokes or three jokes or you've gotten up when you wanted to get up. So there's a number of different ways that you could create this for yourself if you don't have the chains up. But I find it to be very powerful a very powerful psychological tool of like, again, I've gone 43 days, I've gone 44 days. Um, right now I'm at 66 days of not eating at night. I'm at 67 days of eating exactly the way I had planned. Like I use it for a number of different habits that I'm, I'm, I'm looking to master. Number eight then is what I've alluded to a couple of times is you, you grow as you go, right? Is that you start with your best guess, but you keep, everything open and you're constantly tweaking it, right? I started with this and I thought eight o'clock was my end game. And then as I got closer to eight o'clock, I'm like, no, you know what? I'm going to go for 7.30. And who knows? Maybe when I get to 7.30, uh, I may decide that I'm going to move it to seven. I don't know. I'm not, you know, I said at some point there's a, there is a set point with this that will, I, but as I growing, as I go also means that at some point I see this spilling over into when I go to bed right now, it's kind of between 11 and 12. And maybe that process starts to change, right? If I'm getting up at 7.30, then maybe I want to be in bed by 11 at the latest, right? Or, or sometime between 10.30 and 11. But, but the, the whole idea is that it's an organic document that will evolve as you evolve. So that is how I am presently training myself. As I said, uh, sorry, let me finish that thought. That's how I'm training myself to teach my body and my brain to get up when my alarm goes off with the ultimate goal. Right now I'm at 8.05. I've got one more day at 8.05 and then it'll be 8 o'clock. And I will not actually achieve my ultimate goal, assuming that there are no slip-ups in between, that the, uh, the end date for this is April 1st of all days, April Fool's Day, where I will then have successfully been uh, trained myself to get up at 7.30 every single day. And then once I get there, then the idea is to just start logging days, right? To get to five days, 10 days, 20 days, 100 days. And then 
I want to see when and if and when I get to the point where I can actually get up at 7.30 every single day without an alarm. I believe that's possible um, based on the fact that other people have done it. And I think that with enough training, it will become so automatic that I, will, I won't actually even need an alarm to wake up at 7.30 every single day. So that's the ultimate goal. But I'm also excited about the fact that this habit ladder is something now that I can apply to any other habit I'm going to, to use. And that this whole thought process was going to have a spillover effect into all the other different areas of my life where I'm looking to accomplish significant things. So what is your takeaway? Well, I kind of alluded to this at the beginning. I wanted you to listen to this. Think about the eight steps. I'll list the eight steps in the write-up so you can see what they are. I'd pull out a sheet of paper. Pick a, a simple goal. Like, again, it's important to start where you're at with this, right? You don't have to jump to the most difficult, most challenging thing you have, but recognize that this, this, this has no boundaries in terms of where it can be applied. It can be applied to any habit in any area of your life. But I would start with one, just a very simple one. The sleep one to me is a simple one, right? There's no, um, you know, like, like the, 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 it's one of these things that if, it, if, it, if I fail at it, it's, the failure is not devastating. But again, I can teach myself the process so I can begin applying it to other areas of my life, whether it's, um, you know, wh whether it's, 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 it's writing articles or books or, you know, behave, you know, like, like relationship building habits, whatever it happens to be, the, the process is applicable. It applies. It carries over to any other area of our life. So your takeaway is to think about how you could use this in your life and, um, put together your own sort of protocol with, you know, sort of knowing where you want to go, apply the steps and let the magic, watch the magic happen, my friend. Listen, that is it. Thank you for listening. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode.